You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's here, ready to go on this Monday. You can be part of the festivities. You can dial us up, email, tweet, all the above. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. We will give you ours a little bit later on. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Say good morning to our streaming partner, Peacock. Download that app. You can watch for free all three hours and our radio affiliates around the country. Rams at the Niners coming up tonight. The Rams a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Chiefs roll. Packers handle the Seahawks. Cowboys trounce the uh, Falcons. Patriots look like a playoff team. Washington surprises Tampa. We'll look at the college football scenario as well as the rankings will come out tomorrow. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Go to danpatrick.com. Make sure you pick up the 2022 calendars, T-shirts, hoodies. We uh, have Dan Patrick Show puzzles, pennies, bang biscuits. Uh, We got Todd's uh, limerick greeting cards. We got you set for the holiday season. All available at danpatrick.com. Didn't take long for all those Cam Newton memories to flood back for Carolina fans and most NFL fans as well. First play. Since signing last Thursday, Newton runs in for a touchdown. Second play, throws for a touchdown. He took off his helmet at one point when he got in the end zone and said, I'm back. And he got a penalty on the play, but that's not the point. You know, who knows if he can produce at a high level, consistent level. But you rough up the NFC leading Cardinals in Arizona. And I know they didn't have Kyler Murray, but they didn't have Kyler Murray when they went to San Francisco and won. The Panthers winning this one. They're now 5-5. Five and five. They're in the playoff picture. Just about everybody. There's probably four or five teams who aren't in the playoff picture right now. We'll see what Cam can do the rest of this year. He's 32, only 32, but maybe he's an older 32. And the Panthers seem to be open to anything at quarterback. They've already picked up the second year with Sam Darnold, and Sam is out. But here's Cam, who a week ago was watching football. But to see him suit up and then... Next opponent's going to be his former coach, Ron Rivera, and the Washington football team. All of a sudden, the Panthers have become a whole lot more interesting. That's one of those scores where I'm not watching the game, and then you see the score and you go, I'm going to watch the game now just because I was curious how Cam was going to look. But Arizona getting blown out by Carolina, pretty amazing. There's usually, as I say every week, two or three games where you go, how is that possible? Washington beating Tampa Bay did not surprise me. I said last week, eventually Washington will play a really good game. And they did. Tampa didn't play a good game at all, but Washington played well. Now they may lose Chase Young for the rest of the year, and they're not a good team. But Carolina winning in Arizona, that one surprised me. Uh, what's the poll question we're going with, McLevin? Okay, as always, we're going to start very negative mm. and do worst loss of the weekend. You've already mentioned maybe a couple, but we'll start with college. Texas losing to Kansas, Oklahoma <laughs> losing to Baylor, the Bucks lost to Washington football team, the Chargers lost to the Vikings. I don't know if you think that belongs on there. That's another one of those games. The Vikings are one of those perplexing teams that I watch and I go, I don't know if they're good or not. And then the Chargers, I don't know if they're any good or not, because they're supposed to be. The Vikings don't go away, and they put a lot of pressure on Justin Herbert. But you're watching, Kirk Cousins plays well on the road. 
And his quarterback rating, like five or six consecutive games, is over 100. He's really good on the road. And it's not like you tune in and go, I expect him to be good. We're almost still surprised if he's good. But the Chargers, like, do you want to play with the big boys? you got to win these games. So that one surprised me a little bit. Who else, McLeod? Uh, the Browns. Yeah, that one surprised me a lot. Is that more like a great win for the Patriots, or do you come away from that being like, oh, the Browns are in some trouble? Uh, both. I think the Patriots are a playoff team. Said that at the beginning of the year. I thought they were a 10-win team, and they seem to be figuring it out a little bit here. Um, but, you know, what happened with Cleveland? I mean, you just, come on. You go down the field, have this unbelievable drive, touchdown, and you're thinking, okay, man, Browns looking good here. And that was it. They were done. And Baker got banged up. But, okay, I know it always comes back to Baker. Where is this vaunted defense? Where is one of the top defenses? Oh, my gosh, this is a great defense. They were non-existent. I mean, Mac Jones has played less than 10 games. You're, 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 he looks like Brady out there. Like, you got to – I, I got to start with the defense looking lame because you don't have your two starting running backs. Baker is, you know, playing with a banged-up shoulder. But, you know, you didn't put any pressure on Mac Jones. You hit him twice in the game. That was it. I mean, that's – I don't know who's winning the North. I, I guess the Ravens would be the favorites right now, but, you know, the Steelers tie the Lions without Ben Roethlisberger. Man, there's a couple of teams where you go, man, like the Packers with Jordan Love, the Steelers with Mason Rudolph, and you're like, whoo, man, maybe you don't want these guys to leave anytime soon here. Yeah, McLovin. We've been seeing Mason Rudolph lose games oh, for I a know. while now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, they've got a larger sample size in Pittsburgh than Green Bay does with Jordan Love. And even yesterday with Aaron Rodgers, he played okay. But that defense, defense is great. Without two of their starters. And, you know, granted it was Russ coming back from the injury, but you shut him out. That's impressive. And even what they did against Kansas City, because Kansas City blew out the Raiders, but that defense did shut down Patrick Mahomes, even though they lost that game. That's what's kind of scary here, because if Green Bay is offensively what we think they're going to be, and Aaron Jones is not gone for the rest of the season, A.J. Dillon, and yes, I raised my hand. I was one of those people who said, why are you drafting another running back and not a wide receiver? And A.J. Dillon remembered that because he said it after the game. He goes, yeah, I heard. I remember. And he played well yesterday. And uh, I just think, you know, they can run the football. And you saw that yesterday. They were able to do that. But, you know, if they have this top five defense and, and you get some, you know, couple of these players back by December, then that's what's dangerous about Green Bay. You always expect an offense. It's like Kansas City. You saw the offense, but can they play? Can they be a consistent defensive team as well? And they blew out the Raiders. The Raiders are who we thought they were. I mean, every year you're like, I don't know, the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, MVP candidate. I'm like, they're the Raiders. Like, this happens every single year. Yes, McLovin. Seaton brought up an interesting point on Seahawks Packers. Should Russell Wilson have been out there, especially as it was cold and snowy? I was surprised with, they're down 17 in a minute to go, and he's still out there trying to score a touchdown. I just don't, 
I don't need him out there. Take him out. But, you know, he wanted to be there. He wanted to go against Rodgers. He played his college ball at Wisconsin. You know, this was a big deal for him to be able to be ready for this game. They should be... Like you always, you look at this and you go, okay, they got, they got some weapons here, but for some reason, it just never feels like it's fluid where you go. Okay. There's a couple of good plays and then uh, three and out, or there's a couple of good, Oh, there's a big play. And then it's three and out. You, you know, you got three wins right now. You're three and six. It goes back to what I said at the start of the year, not even knowing what was going to happen with Seattle. I think this is the last year of Russ in Seattle. And if they don't make the playoffs, which it doesn't look like they're going to, then what are you going to do? You know, you, you don't even have your first-round draft pick. You gave that to the Jets for Jamal Adams. That You know, this is... Feels like there's a couple of teams that will be moving on from their quarterbacks. And it might be Green Bay. Uh, it might be Seattle. Pittsburgh. Now, there's a few of them in there. And does Cam Newton all of a sudden become Carolina's starting quarterback next season? That's what I'd be curious about because you already paid Sam Darnold. You gave up draft picks. You know, they're paying, I think it's like $60 million trying to find Cam's replacement and draft picks that they gave up. I know David Tepper is worth $15 billion. Uh, you know, his his uh, net worth is $15 billion. But I don't know if you want to be spending, you know, a billion on trying to get your quarterback here. <laughs> and they're going to be on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as well. Like it's, that's a mess. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I never would have signed him into the second year, second uh, contract there. When he's in, you know, it's great to have him in, but I, there's no guarantee he's going to be able to play. Be consistent. This program is brought to you by the great folks at Simply Save Home Security, giving you, my listeners, 50% off their award-winning home security. Learn more, get 50% off your new system. Visit simplysafedan.com. Any other poll questions aside from, okay. you know, the Texas game, I, I, I started watching later in the second half, and I thought, oh, my God, how is this possible? Like Kansas is always terrible. Although I think they have a head coach who probably won't be long for Kansas. He was at Wisconsin Whitewater, I think. He was in the MAC, and he goes there uh, to Kansas. And I, I apologize, I don't know his name. Uh, but he won't be at Kansas, I don't think, for a long period of time because somebody will hire him and, and give him a raise. Yeah, McLovin. I've seen Lance Leopold. Leopold, yeah. Okay. But he's got success, and it seems like they do respond to him. And, and then that's a huge win. Huge win. Uh, Oklahoma, I'm not surprised they lost to Baylor. I mean, Baylor's a top 15 team. And they're playing in Waco. But that's a devastating loss when it comes to, hey, if they go undefeated, they're getting, yeah, they, yeah, but they, they're not going undefeated. Um, who else do we have in there, McLovin? Oh, definitely uh, uh, the Browns, but the Bucks. Yeah. Or is that not, does that one not bother you? It doesn't sound like that loss really says anything big. No, picture. because, you, you know, once they get everybody healthy, that, that's when I, that, you don't have Gronk and you don't have Antonio Brown. This is what happened to this team last November. And Bruce Arians, uh, I think we have Bruce Arians, some sound from Bruce, the Buccaneers coach. He wasn't happy, obviously, after the game. Energy and passion, very fixed. The penalties, they got to get corrected sooner or later. The first play of the game, we're shifting and we jump off sides. I and mean, they don't even run a play and we jump off sides. That's just the stupidity uh, has to go away if we're going to go anywhere. Okay. 
But he didn't say, hey, I take the blame. Like he, you know, we, we've been seeing coaches who say that. Yeah, Paul. We had a big uh, I take the blame. Arthur Smith, Artie Smith of the uh, Falcons. Yeah. This one's on me, he said. Mm. We were totally unprepared, and that's on me and the coaching staff. The follow-up question was not, when did you realize you were unprepared, mm. which I'm hoping someday. <laughs> like, was it pregame during the anthem? Maybe you know, th- Thursday I knew we were going to be unprepared for this game. We shouldn't have got on the flight to Dallas here. By the way, the people who do send me Jimmy Jimerson clips, uh, thank you. <laughs> but you don't have to keep sending me Jimmy Jimerson clips that this person said this. And uh, there was an analyst who said, and I don't want to say the team because then you'll probably know who said it. But they said, uh, this defense is going to give you everything they can. And I thought, if the quote was, this defense won't give you everything they can, then that would have been, you know, something interesting. This defense tries when they want to. Like, but, you know, you, you don't realize, like, you feel like you got to fill up all the, all the space, all the time in a, in a broadcast or pregame. And sometimes you just say something, you go, what? Somebody said this to me yesterday. Hey, on the coin toss, why don't you take uh, downhill instead of the ball? You know, because we always say, oh, that team runs downhill. And they're like, uh, why don't you just say, yeah, uh, we, uh, we won the toss. We want downhill. Seems like that'd be a real advantage for a team. Yeah, Paul. And if there's a stadium where it actually tilts where one side <laughs> of the field is higher than the other, I would like to know. That seems like a violation. We're going to take downhill. Yeah. Yes, Eden. <laughs> Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, yesterday after their tie said, hey, we didn't win, but we didn't lose. Okay. It's factually, factually true. That is factually correct, yeah. If you're a Lions fan, would you have rather lost the game <laughs> than tied? Like, I don't know. It's I, I felt bad. Because I do like Dan Campbell. I think he, I mean, he cares. He tries hard, gets emotional. Uh, Jared Goff's a friend of the show. But you just watch and you go, they're, they're somehow going to lose in heartbreaking fashion. They, they tied in heartbreaking fashion. Normally that doesn't happen when you say, we tied in heartbreaking fashion. Those are your lines. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, a lot of people don't like a tie and think there should be a, a system where it eliminates any chance of a tie. But isn't it fair? Because neither team deserved a victory yesterday. <laughs> Those two teams didn't deserve a win in their column. Yeah. Peter King will join us, and uh, we'll talk to Carson Palmer a little bit later on. Everything okay with the Kansas City Chiefs now? Is everything okay with Patrick Mahomes now? Probably so. Probably won't hear much about that today, as we have the last couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Peter King, Football Morning in America, must read column NBCSports.com. Pete joins us now. Pete, the oddest game of the weekend was turned in by who? Oh, I would say the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I was stunned at the relative incompetence of the Browns. I mean, we all love the Browns going into this year. I don't know anybody who thought that they were going to be lousy. And who knows? They might not be lousy, but they're lousy right now. And that really surprises me. Now, some of that has to be due to Baker Mayfield's physical health. I get it. 
but regardless of that, they've just not been good. And I think, you know, last night when I was just fiddling around a little bit, I was looking at the standings. And the one thing about the standings this morning that really surprises me, the Cleveland Browns have surrendered more points than they have scored. I mean, that just seems impossible to me. But, hey, every week in the NFL, and Dan, look, you talk about predictions. The one thing I will always remember about our time together at NBC in that, in that viewing room when we would sit together for years and watch the games, every Sunday at about 12.50 p.m., you would come out with your upset of the day. Yeah. And I swear you were right about seven out of every 10 games. Yeah. It was uncanny. It was ab- like a couple of weeks ago, you would have said, I like the Jets over the Bengals. And we would have all said, you're out of your friggin' mind. <laughs> and yet you would have been right. Now, you weren't right all the time. That's impossible. But that's, that is a little bit of a skill that you have that not many people do. I just don't know what to buy into now. Like, is there, if, if these were stocks, these teams were stocks, are you buying into the Cowboys? I'm buying the Patriots. Oh. I'm definitely buying the Patriots. Now, am I buying the Patriots to play in February? No. I I mean, they might. I, I don't know whether they will or they won't. But I'm buying the Patriots because I think in recent weeks, they have played so well defensively and they have a quarterback who week after week after week. Yeah. I said this to somebody the other day on some talk show or other. And I said, you know, he's far and away the best rookie quarterback in football and it's not even close. They say, well, wait a second. You know, he's on a better team than Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I said, I I mean, would you have said that uh, on Labor Day weekend? Uh, maybe part of the reason he's on a better team is because he's better. And, uh, it, it, you know, he's, I think he's been terrific. But if you look at what they have done defensively uh, and how many weapons they have on defense, like I named Kyle Duggar one of my defensive players of the week this week. But as I said in my thing, I could name 10 Patriots. So many guys are having an impact on defense on this team. And, you know, if you look at the Patriots, it's another thing. They've outscored the opposition by 98 points now. So, I mean, this is, this is not any fluky thing. And, you know, the other thing about the Patriots, I was not a big fan of paying big money to Matthew Judon because the Ravens usually know yeah. when to hold them, when to fold them. And they usually fold them. And they're usually right. Matthew Judon is a force of nature. And uh, so, I don't know. I think the Patriots are going to be uh, hard to eliminate this year. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team. Um, With what you saw with the Chiefs against the Raiders, is that more about the Raiders or more about the Chiefs? Uh, No, I think it was – I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Uh, I think that – not necessarily on the field, but off the field, there has to be some sort of impact with everything that's happened to them. This is a franchise that's absolutely, totally adrift. Uh, And Derek Carr has played two games in a row where you say, now that's one of the reasons why we don't call him a top 10 quarterback. 
I mean, he's gone from being a legitimate guy who's in the discussion for MVP to say, why did he just throw that ball three feet over that guy's head? Um, and, and look, everybody has bad games. Everybody has slumps. I still think Derek Carr is pretty good, but I mean, he's been bad the last two weeks. Um, I think, but I, I mean, I talked to Patrick Mahomes after the game last night and I came away feeling like, uh, that the absolute unequivocal best thing about Patrick Mahomes is that, you know, he doesn't think the sky is falling. And, you know, I, I asked him last night, Dan, I said, hey, Patrick, I said, have, have you ever thought in the last month when you probably know the outside world thinks you guys are, are you know, are bad and that it's over and you have fallen to earth? I said, Did you ever stare at the ceiling and say, what's wrong with me? Uh, and he goes, no, I didn't. Pause. End of answer. <laughs> I mean, you know, and and so that's isn't that what you want in your quarterback? You want a quarterback who is introspective and who says, hmm, why isn't this working? Hey, Andy, let's sit down and talk about why it isn't working. And they did many times. You know what Andy Reid told Patrick Mahomes this week before this game? Hey, listen, take the check down if it's there, but be you. And isn't that what you want in your coach? Don't you want that trust and faith in your coach? And look, he's going to have some rocky times. It would be totally unnatural. No quarterback who's ever played has had three years and multiply that times uh, times five, and that's your career for the first three years. It, it can't happen. But I think he got everybody spoiled to that fact, but I thought he was terrific last night. What did you make of the Packers and Seattle game? Dan, in my opinion uh, – I thought that, I mean, as I wrote, I said, you know, we played a half a season of games, and there's few games, if any, that have made so many loud statements as that game. Probably the loudest statement in that game is that the Green Bay Packers do not need vintage Aaron Rodgers to beat a good team. And I still think Seattle's a good team. They're not a great team. But they're a good team. And, and, you know, and look at what happened with A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon basically was Jim Taylor in 1965, <laughs> you know, for those of us of a certain age. Well, I was only eight then. But, you know, he, he was a big back doing big back things, carrying Bobby Wagner into the end zone. And, and then what else do you make of it? I mean, you also make of it that, you really have to question, uh, first of all, whether they can respond this year and whether the Seahawks, in my opinion, should think. I'm not saying they should, but should they think of trading Russell Wilson for three ones and a good player in March? I, I mean, I think it, the automatic answer is absolutely categorically not. You don't trade a great quarterback. You don't do it. Well, if he's going to be really unhappy – uh, and I'm not saying that he will be, but I'm saying that you shouldn't just dismiss it out of hand. John Schneider found Russell Wilson with the 77th pick in the draft nine years ago, and I'm sure he has faith in his ability to find another quarterback in the draft. I don't know if that'll happen truly, but that game said a lot of, it made a lot of bold statements to me. 
He's Peter King. Football Morning in America is the column to read, NBCSports.com. Uh, how did how did this all play out with the Rams getting OBJ, and, and what role do you think he plays tonight? I think he plays 10 to 20 snaps. They're going to play two, uh, one seventh-round pick, a receiver from Notre Dame. I forget the guy's name. Uh, and they're going to play another guy named J.J. Kosky. Uh, you know, these guys are not household names in their own household. And they're going to play tonight, I think, probably a lot of snaps. I think the, the, the Rams, and I think Sean McVay is just a little bit concerned about force feeding too much. It's like what Matt Rule told me after the game they, yesterday. They didn't decide what to do with Cam Newton until the morning of the game. Okay, are you comfortable if we put in these plays? You know, there's only like three or four plays that they that he had practiced, that he had studied, that he knew everything about. Are you comfortable? Yeah, okay, then, then let's have them have this in the game plan. And Newton was perfect at him, obviously. He's done those before. But I think with Odell, I think he might play a few snaps just to kind of get his feet wet. But this, the, I don't think Sean McVay wants to force him in before he's fully ready to play. Then they got the bye, and then I think he'll be ready to be a full-time participant uh, when they come back from the bye. How does this play out with John Gruden suing the NFL? I mean, I doubt he'll win, Dan. Uh, it just, you know, this reminds me so much of uh, of what Al Davis used to do with Pete Rozelle. Uh, you know, the former Raiders owner, the former NFL commissioner. Al Davis made it personal. John Gruden is going to make it personal. As somebody who knows Gruden told me over the weekend, why not? He's got nothing to lose. He knows he's not working in the game again. So he's going to lob Molotov cocktails at Park Avenue. Uh, and he doesn't care who's hurt in the process. How about him? He just woke up one day and all of a sudden uh, he wasn't the coach of the Raiders anymore. <laughs> you know, and it reminds me of what George Young, the general manager used to, of the Giants, used to say when, when we would talk to him about one controversy or another. And he goes, I'm just over here picking my nose and I get in trouble. Now, obviously, Gruden did something to cause that. So I'm not saying certainly that he's blameless, but I think he just feels right now, Dan, why not throw everything up against the league and see if we can make something stick? But I continue to say, in my opinion, it's, it's senseless to think that the league released these, uh, these emails. Now, you know, somebody connected with the league, who, who knows? I don't have any idea who did it, honestly. But it doesn't strike me as logical to think that they would release emails that would really besmirch the reputation of their chief legal counsel, Jeff Pash, who everybody in that, in that office loves. So I, I would be surprised if he would win the lawsuit. I just, has anybody come up with any logic that they knew this in the summer? They knew these emails existed with John Gruden, but yes. they kept, then they brought him up during the season. But would they have brought them up? Would they have brought them up if uh, there wasn't noise about them leaking? That's the question to answer. I think it was a Thursday night when Andrew Beaton of the Wall Street Journal called the Raiders 
might have been Wednesday. I forget when it was exactly. Uh, and then by Monday, Gruden was gone. I'm just not sure that the NFL would have released uh, or would have, you know, would have sent those emails to the Raiders at that time. You know, maybe they would have done it at another time. And maybe you could argue that, hey, they should have gone out and presented to Mark Davis all the evidence they had in June and said, what do you want to do about this? Yeah. And what he would have done, I don't know. But that is a justifiable criticism on the NFL. You know, they basically let the emails sit there and percolate, and then somehow, some way, they got in the hands of the media, and that's when all heck broke loose. I'm guessing that Urban Meyer is okay in Jacksonville. They, they put up a good fight, and he had a pretty good month considering what happened prior to that. Um, but Jacksonville played the Colts, you know, they went toe-to-toe. What do you make of the Jags moving on uh, second half of the season? Well, Dan, uh, they've won two games in the last among the last four. They're two and two. You know, they got beat up by Seattle, and they brought Indianapolis right to the end. Uh, I would doubt sincerely at all that uh, Shad Khan, who has placed a lot of faith in Urban Meyer to fix this, uh, that he's having any thoughts of moving on. I'm sure that Urban Meyer, barring something weird, and again, I say barring something weird because with Urban Meyer, there might be something weird. There has been something weird mm-hmm. already. So, But no, I don't think he's in any danger uh, as long as things continue sort of the way they are. Pete, always good to talk to you. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, buddy. Okay, Dan, thank you. That's Peter King, Football Morning in America, and of course, a contributor to NBC Sports. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We bring in uh, Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner at USC. Where do you want to start? What's uh, what's the headline here for you today? I get to pick the topic yeah. we get to talk, talk yeah. about? Yes. Uh, let's talk about that that shirt you got on. What year did you purchase that shirt? Um, It's actually one of those new shirts that look old. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Do you have a stylist? Uh, no. 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 No, just me. Oh, natural. Yeah. Okay. But, That's all I want to talk about. I don't really have much else. All right. Well, nice to talk to you again, Carson. We appreciate you joining us here. Um, did you ever have anything like Russell Wilson had, an injury like that? I did. Um, my second to last year playing, we were in Philadelphia. We had the number two seed pretty much wrapped up in, in the NFC, and we were up on Philly late in the game, and I went to throw a ball 
and it was a Sunday night football game. And my, this finger went up and backwards and was stacked. This portion of my finger was stacked back here. I dislocated ligaments or uh, dislocated the knuckle and the joint and tore ligaments. Uh, did not require surgery. I, it was, we were about to start the playoffs the next week. So we just taped it up and went from there, but it's hard to throw when your fingers don't work and watching Russell throw the other day, he didn't have velocity. He didn't have the same whip on the ball. He normally has, he doesn't have the strength in his hands back. That'll come. That's not something that, that he's lost forever. That'll come back, but it was hard to watch him play when, when you don't have the full use of your throwing hand and your throwing fingers. It just makes for a long day like it was yesterday in, in Green Bay for Russ. If they don't make the playoffs, Carson, if you're Russ, what do you want? And if you're Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, what do you want to do? Well, if you're Pete, you want another shot and, and you want to keep keep trying and, and keep going with Russ. If you're Russ, you don't know what's what's going on in Russ's head right now. We All, all we know is he was unhappy last offseason. There was some talk about a trade. There was some talk about more more control, more personnel decisions. Um, so we don't know what has, is going to transpire this offseason. Um, but obviously, if you're Pete, you want to continue to coach. I mean, he, he doesn't want to go and start over and, and start uh, his program somewhere else with a new team and, and have to you know start from scratch again. He wants to keep going. Russ, on the other hand, uh, we already know there was some unhappiness last year sitting at, I think, three and six right now. There's going to be more unhappiness that that division got great right before our eyes. I mean, you looked at what what uh, the Rams have done the last couple of weeks with OBJ, with Vaughn Miller. You look at what's going on in Arizona. Arizona's leading the division. And and really now for the first time in Russ's career, he's sitting in third place in the NFC West looking up at those two teams. And that's a tough spot to see, uh, to, to see what he's thinking right now. But we're going to know a lot by the end of the season. Adam Schefter uh, reporting an MRI revealed that the Packers running back Aaron Jones has a mild MCL sprain expected to be out one to two weeks. I thought what was interesting is the defense with the Packers. You know, we always talk about Aaron Rodgers and the offense, but the defense actually looked good against Kansas City the previous week. They might be a top five defense. They don't even have, you know, two of their, maybe their two best defensive players here. And I mean, that's... That might separate the Packers from everybody else in the NFC. Uh, your thoughts on on Green Bay as a as a complete team? I, I need to see more consistency out of the defense. I mean, sometimes that defense, like yesterday, looks great against the sixty percent Russell Wilson. Three weeks ago, they looked terrible, and and Kevin King, the corner from the University of Washington, has looked like he struggled early on in the year. And then yesterday, he looks great, makes interception, is making plays. Um, you know, blocking and, and knocking down passes. So it's just, it's, it's really an inconsistency issue in Green Bay. I mean, sometimes they look great and they shut out, uh, you know, the Seahawks for the first time in decades. And then other times they, they look like they're running around with their heads cut off and they're not getting pressure on the quarterback and they're not covering down on the back end. So it's just really consistency. We need to see it, you know, three, four five weeks in a row before we say they're the most complete team in the NFC. Kansas City feels like there's nothing to see after they blow out the Raiders and everybody is fine and back on the bandwagon here. Should they be? Should they have gotten off the bandwagon? And should they be allowed back on the bandwagon if that's the case, Carson? You, you can jump off the bandwagon after three or four weeks, five weeks in a row that we saw Kansas City really struggle. But when you have Tyron Matthew on the back end of the defense, when you have Patrick Mahomes on the front end and Ty, Tyreek Hill and all the players they have – you know, they're always going to be a contender for the first time this season. We actually saw 
Patrick Mahomes not try to just put the team on his shoulders and make amazing throws and do something spectacular every couple drives. For the first time, he just took what they gave him. He was throwing the ball deep when he had the opportunities and they were there. And then he was taking the ball and checking it down. They stuck with the run game. This is kind of the breakout game that we've all been waiting for in Kansas City. We've been waiting for them just to jump out and pound somebody. Now, the fact that they did it on national television against a good Raiders football team, uh, interdivision game, which those games are always a fight. And, and to see them come in and just absolutely dominate the game is like, finally, like, finally, the Kansas City fan base is, all right, we're back. Now we're ready. This is the time, if you're a Kansas City fan, that you want to see this team start putting it together and go on a run. How do you go from your couch to the end zone if you're Cam Newton? Well, there aren't many built like Cam. I mean, that 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 is a physical specimen. If anybody can do it, it's him. Um, obviously, he gets in and, and scores two early touchdowns on his first two touches. Um, but this that, is a different offense, dynamic. though, isn't it, Carson? That what he ran when he was there before. So you got to come in and sort of get acclimated up to speed terminology in a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, there were some limited snaps for him, and, and really his specialty is you get down inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line. He's almost virtually impossible to stop. And so I really like the dynamic that they have. They're really good on defense. They're salty up front in the defensive front. Uh, they can cover on the back end with the addition of Stephen Gilmore. And, and now if you can sprinkle in some cam on third and shorts down in the red zone, Use Sam Darnold, be a, you know, be a little bit unexpected defensively. You don't know when you're going to get Cam, sometimes on third down, sometimes on first and 10, and then you know you got to deal with him in the red zone. That's a, that For a defensive opponent's standpoint, that is a nightmare to prepare for. That is a ton of time on task sitting in meetings. That is a ton of practice on the field, the speed auction, uh, all the different things you can do with Cam in the backfield. I really like the dynamic. I, I, I like to see how this is going to work over the end of the season. And I wonder, could he get to a total of rushing touchdowns that would put him sort of on the periphery of a Hall of Famer? Had the MVP, went to a Super Bowl, and I wonder, he's not going to have the passing numbers, but he's, he's going to, what's he got? How many uh, rushing touchdowns, McLovin? Has he got like 73 rushing touchdowns? Paulie? 71 career, career rushing touchdowns. All right. Could he get to, let's say he gets to 85 or 90 rushing touchdowns. Barry Sanders had 99. Now, I know he had a lot of yards, but I just wonder, could Cam be a Hall of Famer when it's all done? I, I think the next five years are, are going to answer that question. If, if this is his last stint in the NFL and, and this kind of fizzles out, in Carolina this year and Cam doesn't play in 2022, 23, 24, 25, maybe not, yeah. but Cam's not done. I mean, Cam looks excellent. He stays in shape. We know how, how well he takes care of his body, his diet. He's always talking about that kind of stuff. So, you know, physically he's got some, some tread left on those tires. So if Cam continues to play into 2025, 26, 27, absolutely. If this is it and this kind of fizzles out and doesn't work out in Carolina for a second time, we may not see Cam on the field again. Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner at USC. Ever had one of those moments that Teddy Bridgewater had yesterday on the interception where he made a business decision to not make a tackle? <laughs> I, I have not had any of those. Uh, I, I've seen it time and time again. I mean, at the end of the day, when, when you're down and you're losing, you throw a pick, I always felt like I had to make the tackle because I felt so bad for throwing it. And I felt so bad that my teammates around me were trying so hard and trying to execute, and I made the mistake. Um, we've seen some business decisions. 
you know, now that there's 17 games, you know, Teddy's, Teddy's, you know, they've been struggling. They've been losing some games over the last month and a half. So I can understand the business decision, but you just don't want that uh, caught on film because the eye in the sky never lies. And the eye in the sky always catches business decisions. And unfortunately, that one got caught on film. Okay, what's that going to be like when they go through film session today? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those ones where, as you know, you're sitting in the front row, all quarterbacks typically sit in the front row of the meeting, and you just kind of slowly start <laughs> dipping as coach hits play, and you kind of don't want to everybody be looking at you, but you know, and, and you're in the auditorium, coaches in front of you, all your teammates, you can just feel those eyeballs just closing in on you as that's going on. <laughs> you played in a tie game, right, in Arizona? I did. Yeah. What's that feeling like? Well, if if you're zero and eight, it feels pretty damn good. Uh, it's just <laughs> such an unknown feeling. Uh, if you're zero and eight, we we did it uh, on I believe a Thursday night game um, against against Seattle at home, and it's awful. It, it when when you're playing well and and you're in an interdivision game like I was, that wasn't interdivision because it was Detroit and Pittsburgh, but. Man, it's a long plane ride home if if you're Detroit and you're so close to your final win and the kicker's out there for the game winner and everybody's putting their helmets up and getting ready to put a hat on and celebrate your first win and then he misses it and you tie. It's just so deflating. But the flip side is at least you didn't lose and they were they were 0 and 8. Now they're 0 8 and 1. Yeah. So that's better than 0 and 9. We talked about Cam getting incorporated into the offense on short notice. How do the Rams, Matthew Stafford, bring OBJ in, and how much do you expose him to with tonight's game? Well, I think we're going to see a handful of or, – or packages, at least a handful of plays. But I think it's real simple. I mean, the playbook is, is this thick, and it's got, you know, 180 plays in it. OBJ, here's 12. We need you to come in on these 12 plays. And he could be absolutely decoy Leroy. They could be actually designed plays where he's the first or second read. Uh, but I absolutely expect to see him. As long as he's healthy, I expect him to see on the field. Uh, you know, I, I just think Sean is so smart, and, and I've heard OBJ is so smart himself. So giving him a simple package of, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten plays just to get his feet wet, maybe get the ball in his hands once or twice on a screen, on a simple curl route, uh, I'm excited to see him play, and I'd be shocked if he wasn't suited up playing tonight. Okay, so you just called him a, a decoy Leroy? Decoy Leroy. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning? That, that's that's the guy that he knows every once in a while, wh whatever position you are, you are supposed to take a defender with you or hopefully two. Maybe you're running a big, deep post route on the outside to clear out the middle of the field for the receiver on the opposite side coming into that zone. So decoy Leroy, there's just about one guy that's decoy Leroy on every play in the NFL. And you know, Maybe you're, not, two. You know you're not getting the ball. I mean, there's a 99.999% chance you're not getting the ball. If it's a scramble drill and, and something happens in the pocket and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, you can try to find a, a way to get open. But guys know when they're decoy leeward. They know when they're clearing it out for somebody else and opening up another player. Good to talk to you. As always, we appreciate your time, Carson. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan.